0: This is episode 50 of Dead Letter Radio. As always, I'm your host, Taze, and this is the show with the slogan, Your Words, Your Podcast. Because here we feature your poetry, writing, short stories, letters, haikus, song lyrics, everything and anything you've written down. We give it a voice, an audience, a platform, but you are the star of each and every episode. If this is your first time tuning in, and you'd like to hear how you can have your own work featured, stay tuned until the end of the episode, where I'll go over how to do so. So, welcome back everyone, and if you're new, well, I'm happy to have you here. Honestly, I wish I had something a little more elaborate orchestrated for this episode, because it is the 50th episode of Dead Letter Radio. So, thank you everyone who's allowed me to get to this point of making 50 episodes, when I didn't even think that the show would necessarily make 5, <laughs> Uh the idea that people allowed me to share their work still blows my mind until this day. Outside of that, I had a few things I wanted to talk about, um, and if you've been listening to the show for a while, you should know that maybe planning isn't my strong suit, so I'm kind of winging it. But first, how are you doing? I hope you're doing well and that this week has been treating you well, and I hope that the remainder of the week will be just as great as your weekend, and if your weekend wasn't great, well, let's just hope it is up from here. Uh, If you hear any noises in the background, I am right now dog-sitting. I have a new roommate, temporarily, named Binky. I don't know what type of dog Binky is, uh, kind of like a shih tzu. Um, but she's an older dog, very sweet, very quiet. Uh, we actually went on a hike with some friends this past weekend up a small mountain. And when I say that she hiked, it was more so me carrying her um, in a like backpack carrying case kind of situation uh, for a while, up the hill at least. And then once we got to the top, she just loved meeting all the new people and just kind of exploring. I think that might be the furthest she's ever been, but temporary roommate so far but been happy to have her uh we had we tried to give her a bath um but she wasn't against it just (laughs) not the biggest fan so that kind of resulted in me having to sit under the shower head with her (laughs) uh as grubber so uh you know that was an experience to say the least wet dog hair over my clothes (laughs) but it was a lot of fun happy to have her here If you follow this podcast on Twitter, I did raise a question, and it was a writing-related question, so see, this is still a writing podcast, even though I just have random conversations with you. And the question I raised was this, why did you originally start writing or creating any other art medium? And because I'm always interested in people's motivations, what really inspired them to begin. And so I had a few great answers And I'll just kind of share them with you guys. Uh, Hoku's Gray on Twitter said, Someone I respect once posted, How do you make your income, and is it something you always dreamed of doing? And if so, how did you make it happen? And if not, why not? Took me a while to figure it out. I haven't made a dollar yet, but now I write every day. The rest will come. I thought that was a really great angle for if your goal in life is to end up Having your job also be something that you always dreamed of doing. Um, Then, if you're not there yet, to be able to uh, figure out why you're not there and how to get there. But also focusing on the aspect that, say for an example of writing, to write every day if you can. Uh, That practice is not always the easiest. (laughs) But if you put in that effort and that is your ultimate goal, then that will only help you uh, reach that goal. Another answer from Jonathan Allen at uh, EV Mental said, To try and understand people, I think. Started in photography and then moved to writing as I went along. Then I realized that actually I was trying to understand myself, I think. And I thought that was another great answer. Um, We perceive the world through our own senses. And so we might write or paint or take photos of other things to try to understand it. But in its own way, we usually then use that information and reflect upon ourselves. And ultimately, at least I like to think, from viewing other experiences and ideas, you get a better understanding of who you are. You can compare how you feel and your experiences with others and see how you match, see how you differ. You compare motivations and compare yours, and now you can maybe see your own motivations, your own energy, your own thoughts. On things that you might have not considered. So I thought that was another great answer. And another one too. Which I think might be the most relatable. Is feelings of missing out mostly. And that was from just Corwin things. At the score And yeah. I think that is great. We talked a little bit further about it. And they said that they had many writer friends. That they're visual artists. But what if writers were having all the fun. What then? And I agree completely. Um it's why I've always wanted to learn an instrument though I haven't put as much time as I should in learning or always wanted to be able to draw just because it's so neat to see people create so many amazing things that you get drawn into it and you want to do that you see what's possible and I think that is uh, probably a feeling that a lot of people or the reason a lot of people start in a specific craft I would say for my answer at least poetry wise is that I use that as kind of my own therapeutic session in a sense. Um, I have a tendency to really get wrapped up in my own head and kind of just replay thoughts over and over again. And so to be able to elaborate them, get them on the page, and flourish them in any way I want um, in the setting of a poem uh, really helps. It kind of lets those thoughts out and can kind of sometimes break that cycle of repeating ideas. Um, But also I just love daydreaming and giving life to that either in a narrative sense or poetry is another fun way so that i just thought that was cool to go over uh, i might post another question on twitter when we get to the next episode so if you possibly want to be in the opening discussion i'll just respond there not saying this will be a normal thing <laughs> but uh i uh, thought this was fun anyways i rambled way too long i think let's just hop right into the episode shall we Our first piece is by Isabella Camacho, and it is titled, Jawbreaker. Why won't you escape my mind? You sit there like a jawbreaker, savoring all the wonderful flavors. But you stay for so long. When will you open up? When will you crack and let me in? I stay here patiently waiting... It's almost as if you want it to be this way. You want yourself embedded in me, so that when you finally open and leave, I can only relish in the flavor of your mind, until minutes later, I'm left disappointed with a flavorless bubblegum. So thank you, Isabella, for sharing this poem with us today. Now I might be quoting the saying wrong, um, but the idea of, We think we know what we want until we have it rings in my mind after I read this poem because we can have that initial attraction to someone. And at the beginning, it's great. As you put it, with the jawbreaker flavors, it's wonderful. And we just keep wanting more. We want to dive deeper, get to know them better, have them open up, to see what this relationship is, to see all the possibilities uh, we believe, lie around the corner with it. What is at the core? And we wait. And we wait. And when they finally open up, they are also gone. And we only have that reminiscent, uh, reminiscence of that original flavor, but, ul- but ultimately left with the flavorless bubblegum. And I thought this was just a great analogy on the way some relationships can go. So thank you, Isabella. Next, we have a piece submitted anonymously, and it is titled, The Ballad of a Drowned Fool. I am drowning in an ocean of my sorrow. I can feel the water seep into my veins and freeze the pathways to my heart. I am drowning, and I say it's in the name of love, and therefore it is an honor. But I am drowning still. I am clutching on to the fragmented image of your smile, and I'm hoping you will pull me up. You won't. I won't call for help either, because I know that I deserve to drown. And at least it's in your memory, and in your name. I wish that I could float on the water and find my way to you. Would you dry my peeling skin and warm my chattering bones? I'll never find out, though, because I am compliant. I am drowning, and I am more than ready to do so. I want to leap from the tumultuous waves and jump into your arms, but I worry that I'll find you sailing to the sun with another. Is she drowning for you too? Somehow, I doubt that she is. I have made a fool of myself for your sake. There will be ballads sung to ridicule my efforts. No greater fools shall live, and I will soon be immortalized as the only one to ever jump over the edge for a truth and not a jest. Could you love me? If I held my breath like this and let the seaweed claim my corpse. Could you mourn me then? I worry that you won't, and all this would have been in vain. I only ever wanted to hear you say my name. Perhaps I should swim back up to the surface. Maybe you will wrap your hands around my shivering frame and hold me like something so fragile. And so personal. It's too late. My foot is caught on something, and I heave lungfuls of air to no avail. My throat is tightening, and my eyes are bulging out. This is where it ends. I sought a dream, and I fell into the turquoise waters, chasing the illusion of you. Did I ever even know you? Did I? Yet I'm still here, drowning for you. I'm scared that if I survive, I'll fear the water forever. So thank you for sharing this piece with us. Love is a pain, huh? (laughs) I mean, I only say that because... Especially through poetry, you can see the highs and the really low lows uh, regarding love. It's something we, uh, most of us yearn for and most of us go through in some sense eventually in our lives uh, for the good and the bads of it, and this captures one of those moments. And to me, as I read it, uh, the lows, it brings to mind for myself the... Feelings of unrequited love or maybe one-sided love. Maybe the other person is not even fully aware of our feelings. And yet, we feel like we are drowning. We can't get over them. There won't be another. And that pain, maybe we feel like it is deserved. That this is love. So why don't we stop the drowning? Why don't we speak our truth, what our heart is saying? Let them know exactly how we feel, how we've been drowning in their name. But we don't, do we? Not all the time, at least. Because maybe we are afraid that they won't reciprocate. Or, as uh, the writer of this puts it, that they'll be sailing to the sun with another. And so, we choose to drown in silence, to keep it to ourselves, and only thinking of maybe they, if they knew they would dry us off or warm our shivering bones. But we stay. As you say, it's too late. We're committed to our fate, we are compliant. And we are still there, drowning for them. I really appreciated the last two lines, too, that where you said, I'm scared that if I survive, I'll fear the water forever. What happens when we come out the other side? I've said it before, but that feeling of when you're head over heels for someone, and it can feel like you couldn't find anyone else ever, and one day, suddenly, you think of them less. Suddenly, you don't feel like you have a weight on your chest. Suddenly, you have moved on. Time has healed you, at least in its own particular way, and... If it was a painful experience, if it felt like, in this case, you were drowning, would you want to go through that again? Will you fear the water forever? Thank you for sharing this piece with us. Next, we have a flash fiction piece submitted by Micah Castle, and it is titled, Fodder for the Flames. Giant, crumbling stacks wretch, black smog blotching the copper sky. The heart of our home endlessly feeds the deceased heaped against the scorched, arching dome, the massive conflagration giving purpose to the dead matter. Shelters crammed and congested, caked in ash and rust. Narrow alleys Only able to fit two shriveled denizens, snake through the behemoth's back, all leading to the heart stove by its head. We breed for our home, birth for our home, live and die for our home. What other use do we have? The desolate crimson desert beneath our crude and decayed legs stretches to all horizons. We wait for the oven's call and pray it'll give way to another place, another home. We wait for a purpose. There's clanging in the distance, and no, it's time. Kiss my child on her bald, feeble head. Wipe the oily tears away, smearing soot across her hollow cheek. You will be with me soon, I say. Then hobble out of the shelter. More have been called, and together we make our way to the flames. We're all smiling. Thank you, Micah, for sharing this short story with us today. What a (laughs) bleak short story it is, though. But fantastic, and it's world-building, at least to me, because it makes you think, how did this city get there? What events led to its citizens being called, as if drawn by lots from shelters, to be used as, I presume, fuel for the city? Obviously, the landscape is wrecked, and this city isn't in great conditions, but it raises so many questions. In its own odd sense of me thinking about this uh, story after reading it, it brings into mind the graphic novel, and the movie Snowpiercer, that kind of has a similar beat to a certain extent, though let's replace maybe the fire tones with snow (laughs) and ice. (laughs) But all in all, I thought this was a great short story, with a chilling ending, with the saying that all the people marching, hobbling to the flames, as you put it, uh, were all smiling. And it just gives you little chills on how did this world get to that point. Uh, so thank you, Micah, for sharing. Our next piece is by Blake, and it is titled, I Miss That Smile. I miss that smile of yours, the one that made you so carefree. It sure looked good on you, but it's not what it used to be. I miss those eyes of yours, the ones that could calm the sea. They sure looked good on you, but they aren't what they used to be. I see that smile of yours now, the one that's never even there. It looks broken and defeated, and it can't be repaired. I see those eyes of yours now, the ones that tell all your pain. They look worn and tired, and their hurt can't be contained. I sure miss that smile of yours. I try to forget how sad you've been. But my reflection doesn't lie. Guess I won't look in the mirror again. Thank you, Blake, for sharing this poem with us today. Regarding this piece, they said, you look outwardly the first read through, finding someone you know of that this poem applies to. And then the second read, You look inwardly after realizing it's about yourself. I hope that it can make the reader aware of how important their feelings, emotional well-being, and self-worth are. How important that message is, and I thought you captured it really well in your poem, because reading through the first three stanzas, excuse me, four stanzas, if you noticed any friend or loved one had lost that glimmer in their eyes and lost that smile that would bring so much warmth and gave them the air of being carefree, wouldn't you step in? Wouldn't you want to do everything that is in your power to try to fix whatever situation that took those things away, to try to help mend? Whatever parts of them they feel are broken. And then you get to the last stanza, and you realize the poem is talking about yourself. It's funny, people in general, how we can swing easily to two extremes. We can either A, uh, be too self-serving, put ourselves too much at the forefront, and start focusing too much on ourselves that is to a detriment to others, i.e. being selfish, but we also can put ourselves too far on the back burner as well. While it is a good trait to put others ahead of us to a certain extent, we don't want to ignore and overlook our own health, our own mental well-being, our own happiness. So if we would step in and mourn and try to help fix uh, the problems of a friend. If your friend lost those eyes and that smile, then if we lost those ourselves, wouldn't we want to step in? There's never a guarantee that anyone else will for ourselves. And for all we know, we might be hiding uh, that pain or that loss of happiness, let's say, so others don't even know. So, first and foremost, let's advocate for our own happiness and mental well-being. This maybe is getting too, and little personal. Is the right way to phrase it? Um, but there are times where I ask myself and wonder: When's the last time, if I've been alone for a while, that I smiled or laughed? And sometimes I'll make myself smile just to do it, um, because I think those check-ins are kind of important. They can be easy to get caught in the track of being glum and down, uh, even if it doesn't feel like that, or just feeling non-feeling, empty, uh, sober, or somber, I should say. Uh, So I think that you really captured uh, this point well, Blake. Our final piece today is by Seth Vick, and there is no title. In the distance you stand, in a faraway land, blaring your warmth on my hearth. You pulled my heart open, here I stand with my arms open, awaiting your arrival, knowing it'll be a carnival. So thank you, Seth Vick, for sharing. Regarding this piece, they wrote... I wrote this poem for my long-distance love. She means everything to me. And that is just a lovely thought. (laughs) And from even just the two stanzas that your poem has, you can feel the excitement, the warmth, the love, that no matter the distance of this relationship, that it gives off. How you describe it, it can be a carnival when they finally arrive. And for all intents and purposes... I want to say, on average, people think of carnivals as being a very exciting and fun experience uh, when on their way to one. And I really do like, though, the third line where it says that they're blaring their warmth. They're blaring your warmth. And as someone who lives in an apartment complex, (laughs) uh, music, people blaring music from their cars, uh, from their own apartment... Sometimes to the point of shaking the walls. But my point is that when something is blaring, you can't ignore it. It's immediately evident. It gets itself through walls and windows, and you turn your head directly to the source of the sound. And so to have a love so potent, so rich, that it's blaring its warmth, despite the distance, is a beautiful thing. So thank you, Seth for sharing. And that's it. That is episode 50 of Dead Letter Radio. Thank you to everyone who has submitted uh, poetry for this week and the writings for this week and has given me uh, the honor to share your work and your words. I can't run this podcast without you. If you enjoyed this episode, uh, please leave a review or a rating on wherever you listen to your podcast. Some places like Spotify just do a five-star rating. Uh, Apple, I think, does stars and it can leave a review. But this just allows me to know how the show is doing. And it allows the podcast to reach more writers and listeners and people maybe that never quite picked up a pen but want to give it a shot. Uh, So please do that if you're able. That would be amazing. If you want to help a little further by supporting the show, the show does have a Patreon as well. Just Dead Letter Radio Patreon. You can find it through the link on my Twitter. And I think I have the link in the episode description, but I don't know if that quite works. (laughs) Um, So, if this was your first time listening, though, and you would like to have your own work featured, it's very simple. All you have to do is send me an email, and on that email, you include... uh, a PDF or Word document of your piece, the title, and um, any background information you might want shared regarding that writing, like your motivation for writing it, the style, what have you, and then how you'd want to be credited. And you can be anonymous as well. As I said, this is a safe place for writers new and old. And which email do you send uh, your work to? You can find it in the description of this episode, but I'll tell you, it is deadletterradiopodcast at gmail.com. Once again, though, it's in the description of the episode. Along with that, we do have a Twitter, and that is deadlettercast, C-A-S-T, deadlettercast. That's where I do primary updates uh, for the show, where I ask questions, uh, where you can have the easiest time communicating with me outside of email. Uh, And it just allows you to see what's going on with uh, each week with the show, which is great. But on my Twitter, uh, you can find my email again if you forget it or for some reason don't check the description. You can also click on the link in the bio to see the Patreon and to also see the rules for submission. If you have any questions regarding submissions, just send me an email or message me on Twitter, and I'll be happy uh, to answer them for you. So, that is it. That is the episode. That is the rants and the reading of amazing pieces sent in by uh, you listeners and how to submit your own piece. Anyways, I do hope that after listening to this episode, you're a little bit inspired, uh, you will feel a little more creative, or you feel a little more relaxed, and maybe connected a little more to your neighbor who you just heard their words from uh, across the globe. This is Taze with Dead Letter Radio, wishing you all safe travels.